podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hear that? That's the sound of the 2023 Chevy Silverado's 2.7 liter high output turbo engine, delivering 430 pounds per foot of torque with no compromise durability. Impressive power. Whether you're helping friends move or just moving some friends. Thanks. This is the sound of a family with plenty of rear seat room to enjoy the ride. And most importantly, this is the sound of you heading to your local Chevy dealer today for a test drive. Find your Silverado and find new roads. Chevrolet. Hello guys, what is going on? Daniel Childs back here again for another show. Hope you're doing well. It's another day and another midfielder appears to have chosen Chelsea over Liverpool. It's, it's, it's a great time, it really is, whenever someone decides that West London is wonderful. Because of course it is. Of course it's the right destination. Uh, but Romeo Lavia now set to become a Chelsea player instead of joining Liverpool. And what that means for Liverpool, they're transfer plans, especially in midfield, kind of blowing up and Chelsea undermining both of their key targets this summer is, is quite remarkable how it's all unraveled in the past week. Uh, but we'll get into Lavia and also the background of Lavia with Chelsea and why there is long-standing interest in this player and how this deal has, has come about so quickly, it seems. But actually, Chelsea have been putting in the groundwork for some time and, and got to give credit to Rob Prattley. He's done a lot of great reporting on the background of this. And then we're going to move into Moises Casado, obviously officially announced as a Chelsea player uh, last night and some of the nice things he had to say uh, in his first interview and some about his background uh, that I thought was nice. We will end a little bit with Kepa, of course, now officially on loan at Real Madrid and just maybe summing up his Chelsea career because this may be the end for Kepa or his blogger, even though it is a loan he may officially move on. I think it's very, very likely now that is the end of, of Kepa's time at Stamford Bridge regarding the length of his contract and all of that stuff. But um, yeah, let's start with Lavia. If you are new around here, please hit that like button. Please hit that subscribe button. It really does help the show out. Um, also, if you could share the content around with fellow Chelsea fans as well, that would be appreciated. But David Ornstein, another Ornstein dagger that helps Chelsea and hurts Liverpool. Always great to see. A fee in the region of around 50 million plus add-ons is expected to seal the 19-year-old's transfer. Chelsea, of course, faced competition from Liverpool for the Belgium international. But the Anfield side are now aware of Lavia's choice. I can already sense, and I've already seen it actually, you know, in terms of Lavia, it's just uh, people trying to again make out that Chelsea are just going in for any player that breathes, basically, and uh, have, have only discovered Lavia because Liverpool were interested in him. Rob Prattley, and it's not just Rob Prattley, to be fair, because he gives a lot of great detail of actually how far back this interest goes. But also, if you remember <laughs> the, the back end of the last summer transfer window, apparently Chelsea went in for late bids for Lavia just after joining Southampton. So the idea that this interest in Lavia is is just out of nowhere is, is farcical. It just doesn't you know, add up personally. If you just look back at events of last summer, even though Chelsea didn't get the player. So this is what Rob Prattley had to say. Chelsea's interest in Lavia is long withstanding and the club did explore trying to get a deal done multiple times when he was in Man City's academy. There was also some interest in exploring a deal before he joined Southampton initially too. And after his man-of-the-match performance against Chelsea, the club then made two verbal offers 
on deadline day last summer, which were both rejected. The second offer was a total of 50 million, including add-ons. Chelsea's appointment of Joe Shields was a crucial moment due to his long-term relationship with Lavia. He had recommended him to Southampton in the first place. Chelsea apparently, though, had had a broad agreement on personal terms with Lavia since January. He then goes on to say, after Chelsea firmed up interest and made one very strong offer, um, which was politely declined by Southampton. Joe Shields spoke again to Lavia and encouraged him to be City's KDB moment. Finally, it was also pointed out that Liverpool had initially gone for Mount, Bellingham, Alexis McAllister and then in for Casado without making a credible or serious offer to Southampton. Lavia travelled up to London end of last week and had been spending time looking at housing options. And then apparently this is a very nice uh, touch because we did see Eden Hazard at the game against Liverpool at Stamford Bridge on Sunday, a meeting with Eden Hazard was the final piece of the puzzle that needed to convince the player. Knowing how Chelsea have pinned with central midfield and are my personal great frustrations with the lack of serious investment in that area for some time. Um, I, I do think that us going out there and so concretely and, and so emphatically investing on two quality options, uh, not only for now, but for the future, I think, um, you know, says a lot. It, there are... There are ways in which, you know, this reminds me of, say, how Real Madrid so concretely, after winning a Champions League, by the way, a much stronger position than Chelsea are in right now, went out there and signed, you know, Relling Chiumeni and Eduardo Camavinga already when they had a strong midfield for the future. And it's about, you know, striking when the iron's hot, you know, going out there and, and really seriously committing to an area that has needed it for some time. Lavia is not you know, the same as Moise Casado. Moise Casado very much fits more what Chelsea need than Lavia does. But that doesn't mean that Lavia's talent cannot benefit Chelsea's midfield in the long term. And I just think it says a lot. The interesting thing now, I think, for the rest of the window is what happens to the rest of the midfielders. So just going through Chelsea's central midfield options as we stand right now, um, going with the assumption that Lavia will become a Chelsea player and there's no late twists there. Chelsea would have Enzo Fernandez, Moises Casado, Romeo Lavia, Conor Gallagher, Connie Chukameka, Hugo Chukwu, and Andre Santos. Azari Cassidy, as we know, has already gone on loan. You do suspect there's going to be at least one to two loans there. Uh, with no European football, yes, you know you, you do think about injuries over the course of the season, but a less demanding schedule, and also for some of those young players who will want to have minutes, I do think the prospect of, of potential outgoings I hope one of those outgoings isn't a permanent deal for Conor Gallagher because I think that would be an awful move um, because Conor can play further up the pitch where I think he's more suited and I just think Conor Gallagher's performance throughout preseason and also how he fits into Pochettino's system just it doesn't make a lot of sense. I think it's more likely actually that Andre Santos or Hugo Chukwu goes on loan uh, for the season, whether that's to Strasbourg, whether that's to someone in the Premier League, whether that's to the, to the Championship. You'd, you'd prefer that one of those players doesn't just um, get forgotten about for the season and actually get some decent first-team football. Um, I think it's encouraging that... I think Pochettino would, give, would try to give those players minutes, but there is a reality that when you're bringing two first-choice or at least first-team options, as we suspect, you know, we know Moise um, Casado is going to be first-choice. We know Romeo Lavia played a lot of Premier League football last season, will be seen and, and committing himself to Chelsea. He will want uh, regular football. So it's just about what happens now. But I, I assume that will happen quite quickly. And I hope it's just for loans rather than, as I say, letting someone like Conor Gallagher go um, permanently. But this is it is huge. It really is. And, and I think it's a very exciting player. Um, and I do think that 
for the long term and, and for the ambition and to get one over, get two over on Liverpool, really. But this kind of feels more like it because th- this is one of their key targets. I think says a lot about Joe Shields. You know, give you can give criticism to Paul and Stanley over the mess of, of the Casado deal potentially and how that nearly fell through. I think more so with this one, it shows the the the, um, the expertise of Joe Shields and how key he was in this relationship and, and getting it over the line and potentially for a fee that isn't ridiculous. I mean, I, I again, inflated fees and all of that. I mean, 50 million, I think in the current market is not as, as insane as, as maybe it would have been. Living a busy, full life? MitoQ is a science-based cell health supplement that helps your cells generate renewable daily energy. Discover more at MitoQ.com. That's M-I-T-O-Q.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Five years ago. Um, so I think that in itself is a positive. Let's move on to a, a player that is officially one at Chelsea, and that is Moises Casado. I thought it was absolutely brilliant the way they, um, you know, very much mirrored and, and, and showed that picture of him and, and his mum years ago at the back of a, of a car, uh, in sitting on the boot basically with a Chelsea shirt on and replicating that Cobham, his mum being there. It did remind me a bit of, you know, when Jorginho signed and, and you know, him, his mum going into the megastore and seeing her son's shirt in the megastore. I think it was quite special to see that and, and to see how much, you know, it, it sounds silly because we should know this already, but it does humanise footballers when we're speaking about all these ridiculous fees to see the family and, and very much personal connection and what these moves and what, what that journey means for a player, I think is is very important, I think, for fans to see and to remember that these are human beings, these are people with families, and, and for them it means a lot. Um, so I thought it was really nice the way they, they, they you know, they very much copied that and, and showed it as, as kind of his announcement video. I thought that was a really nice touch. Um, and as the, the interview, as they explained in the interview, Casado's affiliation with Chelsea started as a young teenager. It was in his hometown of Santo Domingo in the foothills of the Andes Mountains in northern Ecuador that Casado first set eyes on Claude Makaleli. A highly promising central midfielder, Casado would watch compilation videos of Makaleli online, studying his positional play and ball-winning ability. Before long, another hero of his, Ingolo Kante, joined the Blues. When a friend asked Casado what he would like for his 18th birthday, his response was a Kante shirt, one with his name and Kante's on it duly arrived. He goes on to say, when I was a kid, I supported Chelsea and used to watch the games. Now it is amazing to be here. It is one of the biggest clubs in the world. I can't wait to start with the guys to give my best and to write my own story. Apart from all of the mad numbers and the the, the to and fro and all of that stuff, the briefing, counter briefing, fundamentally this deal uh, turned on the dime or at least turned back in Chelsea's favour because the player like Lavia wanted Chelsea. Um, and, you know, we, we can hear a lot about players. Um, it isn't unique to hear a player say, I supported this club, you know, um, when I was younger, but at least we, we do have photo evidence of it. And I do think that Casado having that intention, and a lot of fans just on a very basic level had said they want to see players that are committed to Chelsea. And it kind of does feel like a reverse of what we saw last summer. I referenced this in my previous show in terms of all those players wanting to go to Barcelona and Chelsea just wasting time on them actually having a player who wants to be at Chelsea it is very important and uh, when he had the opportunity you know Liverpool despite being a rival you know there there is a there is a chance you know um, settled you know in terms of having the same head coach having a lot of similar players um going into midfield where you know you're going to be built around um so there was the opportunity to go to Liverpool who some feel will get Champions League football ahead of Chelsea and I don't think that's a ridiculous uh point of view but the fact that he chose Chelsea 
I think says a lot about you know the the, the way he was convinced of, of the project here, right? I've, and also maybe the coach Pochettino, how he fits into that. But but you know also of course affiliation wise, um, that that's great to see. So can't wait to see Moise Casado alongside Enzo Fernandez. That is is a dream partnership, and I hope. You know, there are similarities to the way we all felt about that um, summer of 2020 when we got all the attackers in and everyone thought, well, we're going to play this amazing style of football and it didn't quite work out. But I do think that Casado, as a profile along with Enzo Fernandez, the balance those two can bring to Chelsea central midfield under Pochettino, it's a mouth-watering prospect. So let's hope on the pitch it isn't just theory. It actually comes out in effect as a, as a really good midfield. I'm just going to end on Kepa Ariza Balaga. Obviously, Loan to Real Madrid is a little bit of a surprise because, you know, we the way the goalkeeping situation is, has worked this this summer where I thought earlier in the summer, Chelsea were going to go out there and try and sign Andre Onana. They were going to try and sign Mike Magnon from AC Milan and, and really go in there for a first choice option. They didn't. And, and then, you know, we get Robert Sanchez um, instead, who kind of feels like competing with Kepa maybe. And then Kepa, because of, you know, obviously Thibaut Courtois getting injured and, and Bayern Munich wanted Kepa Ariza Balaga and instead Real Madrid have gone out there for an emergency loan, basically. And Kepa now gets to go to, to Real Madrid back to Spain. And we believe this is kind of the end of Kepa's time at Chelsea, most likely, given the length of his contract, um, just the way things have gone. I do find it, and this is not to try and just have a go at Kepa personally, because he has been for a lot as, you know, it, and I think that there is credit to be had with the fact that he got his head down and tried to revive his Chelsea career when many players probably wouldn't have right and I, and I do give him credit for that it's not like he's never had a good performance with Chelsea but I just find the market quite weird that you know Kepa isn't can't really be deemed as one of the best goalkeepers in world football and it is quite weird to me that you know he has been involved and, and kind of represented at times Chelsea's underperformance and he kind of gets a promotion to Real Madrid. I know it's in unique circumstances. I mean, there also is the irony that despite what happened in the summer of 2018, where Kepa replaced Thibaut Courtois, both Thibaut Courtois and, um, and Kepa are now at Real Madrid. So, I mean, that, that in itself is is quite ironic. But I, it, what happens now is, is quite intriguing to me. We've also let Gabsolini go on loan. So is there another goalkeeping option? Is it about promoting from within? Um, I, I think that in itself is is maybe a little bit of concern because, you know, Bettinelli, I, I'm sure, is a good individual and a good professional behind the scenes. He seems to get on very well with Chelsea players. Many of them speak about his character, but is he really a second choice? I, I don't think so. So how this, this goes, but I, I think for Kepa, listen, I, I think it's it's been right to move him on for some time. I just, I, I don't think we could have relied on him for another season. I think his limitations are just too great. And I, I just don't, I, I just never saw how we could get around them. I think last season was the last kind of chance for Kepa to prove that he had improved as a goalkeeper and you could rely on him. Um, I think the second half of the season really did show once again that over over a longer period of time, like everyone keeps on speaking about when he was under Tuchel, but you've got to remember when he was under Thomas Tuchel, most of the time he was having very brief runs in the team. He was a second choice. Edouard Mendy was first choice. So there were, you know, there was a less uh, of a sample size. Kepper is the first choice. The longer you play him, those I think those limitations do get exposed uh, sooner rather than later, which is a problem. So, you know, I I don't have any um, ill will towards Kepper. You know, I think um, you know he has the Super Cup penalty shootout. He was you know part of the squad that won the Champions League, even though he didn't play a massive role in that. Um, but I think it's the right time. And um, listen, I think it's about 
trying to, to resolve that area. And hopefully Robert Sanchez does a competent job. But how we look at that area in the future, I think, is still up for grabs, really, and, and, and kind of hard to decipher what's going to happen now because Kepa has moved on. Those are my thoughts. Let me know yours in the comments below. You can follow me on Twitter at Sonna Chelsea. And I'll see you again very soon. All the best. Podcast Network.